This is episode number 90 with Hunter McIntyre. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What is up, everyone? Thanks so much for hanging out with me today and joining us on the School of Greatness podcast. My name is Lewis Howes, and I'm excited about this interview with the one and only Hunter McIntyre. Now, back in episode number 68, I had an interview with Mr. Joe DeSena, who was uh, the creator of Spartan Race. And we talked about the powerful business that he's built with Spartan Race. Now, I'm bringing on one of the top Spartan Race competitors and really one of the top obstacle race competitors, Hunter McIntyre. He's been on the cover of magazines about this. Everyone's talking about him right now because he is this young kid who's literally taken a lot of obstacles in his life to try to figure out what he was doing, basically not doing anything in his life, making some major mistakes and dealing with all these obstacles without having direction. And what he did is something interesting. He actually took those obstacles and literally made it his profession. He, he uh, makes a full-time living dealing with obstacles every day. It's kind of funny, actually, how it's all played out. Um, but he is one of the top Spartan race competitors, and I think he took third in Worlds last year, and so he's going he's gonna to go for the gold this year. And I'm very excited to dive into his, his brain and his heart and tap into what he does to be so successful and how he's actually translated his obstacles in his life, which we're going to talk about, and use them as something to be embracing these obstacles and actually make it a part of his life, dealing with obstacles every day to be successful. And uh, I think you're really going to love this guy's energy. I've had a great time connecting with him, and I'm very excited to introduce you to him right now. So let's go ahead and let the class begin with the one and only Hunter McIntyre. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. My name is Lewis Howes. Thank you guys so much for coming on. We've got a new guest on the show. His name is Hunter McIntyre. What's up, man? Just rock and roll and happy to be back in LA, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad we got to connect. We've been chatting for the last hour or so, and I could I feel like we could talk for like the whole day and never get to doing exactly. anything. <laughs> just having too much fun. Uh, So we're finally doing the interview. We've been trying to do this for a while. Who's um uh, the guy who introduced us. Scott Keneally. Scott, yes. And he's a writer. He wrote an interview, a cover story on Men's Fitness or Men's, men's Journal. Men's Journal. Yeah. But you're on the Look cover of Men's Fitness as well, right? Or no? Not yet. Not yet. We're working Not on yet. <laughs> yeah. But you're on the cover of Men's Fit, uh, Journal yeah. a couple months ago or this month or last month? It was month? in July. Okay. Yeah, I got some other cool work coming out. We're yeah. Yeah. Spread it all about that. And you're basically like the bad boy of the Spartan world, Spartan <laughs> you know race what? world. <laughs> don't, don't start out with that. <laughs> but you're actually a really nice guy. I am a nice guy. Come on, let's, let's start from there and then we can get some nitty gritty. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm fascinated by this world because I've been doing CrossFit for a while, as you know, and I'm a big athlete. I love sports. Mm -hmm. I've, I love obstacle races, but like small ones, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I've never done a long distance training thing before. Yeah. But I did an interview with Joe, obviously, who's the founder of the Spartan Race. Um, and I'll figure out the, the, the link to that. I'll put that in the show notes, which episode. But it's been fascinating to learn about this world and the culture of Spartan Race and why people are just so in love with it, almost more so than you say the CrossFit world. I mean, it's, it's an experience that is unique um, to this old school mentality of just brutal work and just like kind of just being so, such an animal out there. And I think people just like, you know, Scott's got this project he's working on called uh, the rise of the suffer fest. Yes. And it's just about how the world kind of really wants to be taken away from these nice desks, these nice headphones and things like that. Comfort. Tortured, tortured. Yeah. And they, why, lie. why do people like to be tortured? <laughs> And that's what the Spartan race is like. Sick in the head. I, you know, when I go out there, I'm, I've got like, you know, protectors on my knees and stuff. Like I'm playing it safe. But yeah, you know, you know it's, a, it's an incredibly raw feeling that I think people want to experience. And that's what initially attracted me to the sport. Uh. You're out there 
And like, you know, you go from being a kid when you're in the backyard and you're climbing up trees and you're lifting up yeah. rocks and you're flipping over all this weird Getting stuff. Getting muddy, dirty. Exactly. And you feel so alive. Scraped. Yeah. And the next thing you know, as you get older, you kind of, you have to start showering more often to impress girls and sure. things like that. And you kind of <laughs> lose that, that passion for being a wild child. Yeah. And now you can just go right back to it. Like you're seeing pictures all over Facebook, of people just covered in mud, looking horrible and like right. blood and scrapes on them. Right. And they've never felt so alive. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. Like, you know, I think people have found their calling again of just like, you know, just having that, that, that appeal of like fitness, but at the same time, like sure. really living. Sure. Now, were you an athlete before you got into the Spartan race? I would say that I was a, uh, a jock, not necessarily like a party jock. Sure. Yeah. So the idea was like, you know, you go in there, like you get out there on the wrestling mat, you you know, tear somebody up and they get back off and you chug some beers with your buddies. <laughs> like, you know, like it was a party job. So you were never like on a, like a sports team or mm. you didn't do any like, um, traditional sports wrestling, um, and cross country. But it was the type of thing where my dad said, you know, get a job or get out on the cross country field. Mm. Yeah. And run cross country. Yes, I did. So, so running like 3.1 mile, it was yeah, like those races. Yeah, exactly. Like a high school, you mean? Yeah, very basic. You know, get out there. Like, you know, the coach wasn't giving us anything too crazy. Sure. You go to a meet, you're in your little short shorts on the tank top, you run yeah. around, you just cute girls on the team, and like, you know, you're done once yeah, the weekend's yeah. over. Yeah. Were you an exceptional uh, cross country runner? Were you like one of the top? Or? I had a lot of raw talent um, type of thing. You know, my dad actually did start to press me in my senior year where he would chase me with a car Jeez. and set it on cruise control. He was a madman. Still is. And, uh, uh, keep going. Yeah, so I had a little raw talent, but I don't think, you know, I think it really takes a necessary mental, like, you know, you have to channel yourself to really yeah. have that kind of success. And, like, you know, I've heard a lot about it in your podcasts, you know, to take yourself to that next level, and I never really wanted to be there. You weren't passionate enough about just running by itself. No, no, by no means. Right, okay. So this was in high school, then did you go to college? I did go to, like, three different colleges, and it was... I went to four, so we're right there. <laughs> I'm one short of you. Um, first, like, you know, I actually got in a lot of trouble in high school, so um, we can get to that later, sure. but I got pushed out to University of Montana, and I was going, like, part-time. Then I came back to Rhode Island. My family was like, you need to be near the family and kind of calm down for a bit. And then I was just like, I did a year there. And obviously, I got forced into classes I couldn't even understand. And um, just wanted to kind of have a good time, party a little bit now that I was free from what I was doing out in Montana. And then I did a community college. And from there, I was just like, you know what, guys, give me a break. And um, (laughs) I pulled out and started to adventure the world. What's that mean? Drugs and alcohol and sex? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That was all part of college and it continued afterwards. But I think, you know, um, you know, when you ask people what is greatness, that was my, that's what what I was searching for, Mm. you know, and it wasn't in my books. It wasn't at random universities. It wasn't exactly. It wasn't from professors that I could barely understand or hold a conversation with, you know, exactly. Experiencing the world. Exactly. Experiencing what your body wanted to feel and. Yeah. Interesting. And, uh, I really got out there. I've been all over the place, um, really well traveled. And I think it took that kind of experience to kind of ground me and find where I am now. Mm. Yeah. So during, so you dropped out of college, you never went back and finished. No, my mom would love me to. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it took me seven years to finish just so <laughs> I went back to just complete the final five credits just to say I got it done, but it doesn't proud mean anything. Very yeah, proud thanks, man. Yeah. Um, so how long were you experiencing the world? Uh, and what were you doing on these experiences? Were you working? Did you find jobs here and there? Were yeah. you traveling? And um, I kind of, um, as m- most young men will, will uh, pick up like a, a bodybuilding book. And, you know, my first hero being Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. Um, you know, I was like, oh, my God, this is so incredible and fascinating. I watched Pumping Iron. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to become super ripped. Maybe that documentary. What? Is that Pumping the, Iron? Is that the documentary? Yeah. Is it good? I still I wanna, s- What? I want to see that. I still haven't oh seen it. <laughs> is it that good? Oh my God. Like, let's stop this now and watch it. <laughs> it is so good. I mean, <laughs> I saw him actually promoting it that it was on Netflix right now. Oh my God. It's the best. So I'm going to have to watch it. It truly really is. It, like you, you feel like you, you haven't really come into manhood until you've watched that. Wow. Yeah. You're, you're I'm back. just a boy still. Exactly. Okay. 
So I watched that and I I said to myself, like, look, maybe I should just focus on my body and just get like super ripped. And that sounds kind of cheesy, but I think that's the most basic way of improving yourself. Mastering your body is where it's at. If you can master your body, I think you can master anything. Yeah. And that really gave me a lot of focus into other things. So I said to myself, I would put so much research into like, what's the best workout? What's the best diet? So I started to get infatuated with uh, personal training and then I got certification. I have eight of them now, I think. Wow. And... So I started to follow that. And also, like, you know, you start to look really good. And you're like, maybe I can Feel take good. some pictures of this stuff. So <laughs> some um, modeling yeah, or something. You know? Exactly. So I did a little bit of modeling. And, you know, um, the modeling world's a lot of fun. But it's a lot of smoke and mirrors at the same time. I'm not going to tell stories that are going to hurt anybody's feelings. But, you know, you can get used and abused in that industry. And um, it was a great time. You know, I had a lot of cocktails. Met a lot of fun people. And I uh, took some pretty pictures of my underwear. But, um you know what? It just didn't last and it wasn't mm-hmm. playing out to be what I wanted I've got, to be. I've got two good buddies who after college, they were like Abercrombie models. Yeah, exactly. And after college, they went to New York mm-hmm. and to pursue modeling full time. And I read the article that you're about your whole stories with, yeah. the, with the modeling stuff. And they pretty much got into the very similar situations <laughs> That's not where, <laughs> where you think you're going to be modeling doing one thing, but then really... Yeah, the photographer or someone has a different agenda and they want you to do things that you're not comfortable with. Exactly. And it just is like, you know what? I met a lot of great people and I think the industry as a whole is a beautiful thing. You know, it really does like, you know, shine light on the beauty of people and like, you know, what's going on in all different kind of places of the world and right. clothes and the blah, blah, blah. But you know, it, it wasn't that for me. It's very and slimy exactly. people as well. <laughs> yeah, so, that want to take advantage of young guys or exactly, girls. Or exactly, exactly. You're good looking, you're excited, and... You want to get photo- photographed, yeah. you want to get in the big placements, and so, so, what are you willing to do to do that? Exactly, yeah. and it took, I'll admit, it took me a few years of just kind of chasing that dream to yeah. figure out, look, let's pull back. It's and, not for you. Exactly. And this was in New York? New York, I went to Barcelona, I went to Miami. It was a really cool experience. Were you living in a house with other models? Oh my God, I'll tell you something right now. I hope this isn't appropriate. But <laughs> um, So the one of the first nights I was in Barcelona in this model apartment, I'm getting there and like these gorgeous girls and amazing looking guys. I'm like, I'm freaking so intimidated. There's, this one girl is getting ready for a photo shoot and I just came home from doing work at a shoot or casting or something and the girl's on the ground convulsing and throwing up what? and she's got stains all over her pants and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and they're like, she took a bunch of laxatives because she wanted to get ready for a photo shoot oh tomorrow. Oh my gosh. And I was like, are you guys kidding me? Call the ambulance. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> And I just realized how, like, we're all so naive. Like, these these were 16-year-old girls, and they didn't understand what proper diet or what it was like to look in a bikini, so they ate laxatives. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, so it was was mind-blowing. Wow. Yeah. How old were you at the time? Uh, I think I was 20. 20, wow. 20. So, I mean, I After college, you left to go do this. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't have much of a head on my shoulders either, but I I knew enough to call call the ambulance. Now, are these uh, Americans, or they speak English, or... Um, A lot of them were Americans, but I mean, like, you know, everyone could speak English, but I think that's just kind of like the Trump language in most businesses, but um, it... You know, girls from London, um, you know, all over the place, yeah. Europe, like, you know, a lot of kids from the United States. Interesting. Yeah. How long were you in Barcelona for doing that? Uh, two months. Two months. Um, awesome I could have st- Exactly. I could have stayed out there longer, but I just realized, like, you know, I was getting the, the I was getting screwed over. Really? Yeah, just, <laughs> the, the fees for my model apartment were like $2,000 a month or something. And I was Jeez. like, I, I'm like, I live in a bunk bed. Like, what? <laughs> like in, With in like na- six other people exactly, in the same room. In the nastiest part of Barcelona. Oh, exactly. But I had a great time. Like, yeah. you know, we'd play soccer with the locals. They hated That's... us. You know, it was, just, it was a cool experience. Like, that was my semester abroad because I sure. didn't do the college thing. Yeah. So um, it was a little bit different. I didn't have any books, just, uh, you know, some cervezas and um, <laughs> you know, some dancing in my underwear. <laughs> Amazing, dude. Yeah. Okay, so after the modeling thing finished, yeah. you got up to like 220, right? You're 227. You I said. got huge. Before um, modeling? No, 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 no. After no, modeling. After modeling. I said to myself, because you, you really do get infatuated with starving yeah. yourself, you know, mm. so you could just like, you know, size 29 jeans, dumb, I'm going to fit in them. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> exactly. I think it was 12 the last time I fit those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and then I just said, I'm going to get as big as possible. And I did all the research, uh-huh. and um, as most guys want to do, they want to get as strong as fast. Yeah. So I did that. And um, that's when the... Uh, 
Spartan Race came about. Mm. Um, you know, you start to go online. Maybe I should see what these six pack abs can do. Right. And uh, it, yeah, so from there, I basically went on active.com and I was looking at things. Then all of a sudden, like one of my. See these events coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. One of my buddies charges into my room, starts screaming about Spartan Race. And we lived in like a, a bro mansion in Malibu at this point, And like we didn't have much going on in our lives. So, so. tell me what, tell me before you get into the Spartan Race, what's the bro mansion and how'd you get into that? Oh my gosh. So um, this incredible experience, the one year that I did have in college, um, this kid named Muhammad was a very, you know, bizarre kid, a lot of fun. Um, not, you know, girls weren't very interested in him, but like we all had a blast with Mo and we would just keep him like around and he was like really smart, but like we never really know what Mo was up to. Like mm-hmm. we'd go into another room and he'd be on his <laughs> laptop and stuff. So like Mo was kind Building of like a to, multi-million dollar business in yeah, the background. But exactly. Like, like, I guess he was just like making money on the stock market like crazy. Like he built like an algorithm when he was 10 years old that could predict certain kind of things in the stock market. Crazy. Yeah, we didn't really know that though. Mo just was Mo. So um, I'm living and I just had finished my last semester at community college and I get a phone call and Mo says, I, w- I want you to come out to California. I got a first class ticket for you and um, I've got a brilliant idea. And I was like, whatever, Mo. And I check my inbox and I have a first class ticket. Wow. My mom and my dad flip out. Like, don't don't you go out to California? You were supposed to be in school. Wow. So I go out there and, um, Mo, <laughs> sorry, mom and dad. Exactly. You had to try. Of course. So he pitches this idea to me about this social media company called Slingjot, And, um, oh. it's still being developed. I'm, I mean, we got an opportunity to be part of it. I'm not going to say anything bad, but he flew me out there. And then all of a sudden he flies out Andre. Then he flies out Matt, then Andrew, then Mingo ends up becoming eight guys and then we start traveling all over all over los angeles and san francisco and stuff and it's he's like, like the, the facebook like where exactly. they lived at a house for the summer and built it or whatever we were like an entourage type thing like we were trying to party really hard but at the same time like come up with a successful story and like we didn't know what the heck we were doing he he was the only one with this like brilliant idea so he buys this house in malibu out there and how old is he He's at the time like less than twenty five. I think it was twenty five. Wow. And how old were you? Uh, twenty two, turning twenty three. Jeez. Yeah, twenty five buys a huge house. That's got oh, a lot of money already. Huge. I mean, he goes it for a year, and I think he ended up somehow pulling out of it. I don't know what his financial situation was, but we had it for a year, and it was like a five story, what multi bedroom mansion with a trampoline in back, and we were just going buck wild on the beach. Uh, I mean, it was it was close. like you know Malibu is like type of thing where you live on the, the hills. Yeah, right? this side of the PCH or on the ocean, yeah, yeah. and it was just overlooking the ocean like 180 degree view oh of all the place and you know we were just living this rock star lifestyle and you know i didn't do anything to deserve this i had a bunk bed in this house <laughs> oh my gosh we, were, we would rent hotel rooms for like weeks at a time at the roosevelt hotel shut up yeah and just destroy it oh my and gosh we had an amazing reputation there and um <laughs> it just nothing ended up getting done so um i started focusing more on me that's how the spartan race came about for a but, year yes nothing because you were just like playing partying playing. and that was but, it. i mean like we thought no focus. We, we thought this was what it was like because you'd start to hear all these success stories about startups we were like all right we're doing it like it's gonna happen but, <laughs> but what were you doing lot, let's drink a lot in the process <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we were just getting buck wild yeah. and you know i i wasn't holding back by any means um mm-hmm. you know i partook in any kind of opportunity whether it be drinking drugs driving really fast on the highway renting a hotel room at the roosevelt parting our asses off you know, I lost kind of the concept of Reality what it was. Or- yeah, exactly. Of what it was to be like a kid. Like all my friends were still going through college and stuff. Yet I was like telling these elaborate stories about being out like, there. What? They exactly. Relate. And my parents were f- freaking furious. They were going <laughs> nuts. They couldn't. They couldn't stand what I was doing. You know, obviously I was having the time of my life and didn't. Uh, I, I'm happy that I pulled out. But um. Then I found Spartan Race. And, uh, so wait, so the guy comes in the room and he's like, Spartan Race. Yes, 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 yes. So at the Bro started, Mansion. At the Bro Mansion. At the Bro Mansion. Like, you, um, let me tell you a typical day at the Bro Mansion. We wake up, we would like, I would go lift some weights. Then all of a sudden like, I'd find like a hummingbird jammed in the window. We'd all <laughs> capture it and like celebrate <laughs> capturing it. <laughs> Start chugging a bunch of beer. And um, then we get on our laptops for a bit and try to get some of the agenda done for the day. And then... Um, 
you know, that'd pretty much be it. Then we go to the bars. Wow. Yeah. So, um, in LA or Malibu or yeah, anywhere we can get our, yeah, exactly. We'd pile in cars and start driving. Jeez. Exactly. So, um, this was just another day, except for this day, we didn't find a hummingbird. My buddy had found something online. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We had BB guns and stuff. We were just kids, dude. (laughs) So he runs in the room and he's like, Spartan race. And we're going (laughs) buck wild and start dancing around. This is Sparta. Exactly. Exactly. It was one of those scenes. Like it looked just, like a frat movie and uh we signed up and everyone kind of just right there you signed up yeah yeah and, everyone uh, and i was like i'm gonna win this thing and we're like yeah <laughs> yeah we didn't know what we we're doing man and um when it comes to race day though no one ended up showing up except for my one buddy andre who ended up um being like you know showing me off to this thing so basically He's the one who told you about it. Yeah, exactly. And so he's like, I got to see what he could do. Yeah. So I show up and I'm in my underwear and I'm in tube socks and wearing a bandana and like, um, just underwear. Exactly. And I ran my heart out. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host and uh you went hard yeah Were you training for it you start running miles or distance or no it was more so just like kind of like still the bro fitness like yeah, you know yeah. bench squat right. deadlift yeah but Every like day. exactly <laughs> but you know i was in malibu so you know i was doing the hiking active, and stuff yeah. yeah i was active dude in good shape in general i actually think i remember being on um while i was training for it i like got on the treadmill i was like i'm gonna try to run a six minute mile wow. and i pulled it off and i was like wow that's pretty, pretty good pretty, pretty good <laughs> yeah i feel good about myself but um obviously i'm a totally different athlete now yeah. you know if i look back on those days i was proud of what i accomplished but uh, now it's just full time. I'm in the thick right, of it. Right. So the first race, what happened? Um, I ended up going out. Yeah, it didn't go out in like the elite wave that everyone talks about, like that I I competing um, now. But um, I went into open heat and I just started tearing through these like mountains of just like mud, and <laughs> throwing people behind yeah, you, like, like get in their head, get out of my way. Yeah, exactly. People are like, oh my god, who's this big naked man? <laughs> and I'm just running and I'm digging into the ground. And I'm like, I'm alive. Wow. So yeah, it was really just like that moment. I was like, oh my gosh, what have I been doing? Missing out. Yeah. On. Wow. And um, it, it all came down. I think I came like sixth or ninth overall. I can't. It's one of those two numbers. You know, but, the whole thing or that. Heat. Yeah. And, and Malibu is one of the most popular ones. So like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. So top 10. Yeah. How many? So five or 10,000 people. Oh, uh, yeah. I bet you it was more so above 10,000. Wow. And you yeah. got the top 10. Yeah. Out of everyone. Yeah. And I saw that and I was like, oh, wow. And, but then I didn't really put too much thought to it. I was like, maybe oh. I could be a really good athlete. But then I just like. <laughs> You know, I pulled back and um, I didn't allow myself to get too excited about that fact. So, really? yeah. And um, just went back to like personal training and drinking beer and doing the bro stuff. And uh, for some reason, like around March next year of my birthday, I just like had this like big calling. Like, you know, huh. it, something came up inside of me saying like, you need to go back to it. So you spent a year off. Yeah. You did one race and then took a year where you didn't Almost. go again. Um, it went from like... November until March. So yeah. eight months or something. Yeah. So why did you wait that long? Why did, because you loved I, it. Why I, didn't you go back and do another one a few I, months later? I think I was just, my brain was so saturated with like drugs and dumb ideas from us being in that bro mansion thing. Um, you weren't focused. Exactly. You didn't have a calling still. No, no, no. And I think, you know, that's the same thing that happened with me in high school. Like I could have had that, I had that raw talent. I could have done something great with it. You know, my coaches were like, you know, would always give me that most potential award. Like, Hunter, you should really put some focus into this. But it just... You didn't care. Exactly. So, um, you know, around that time in March, it just came back to me. And I said, I got to go back out. Like, I, I'd moved back to New York City because I had to pull out of this crazy madhouse. And um, <laughs> and I was in, in New York City. And I was like, I got to go back to L.A. And I got to start being the man. Being the man. Yeah. <laughs> so and, you're in New York. Where were you living? Um, I was living on my brother's couch in New York City. Nice. Yeah. Manhattan. You got you to gotta love the couch. Dude, living. I lived in the couch for in Ohio for a year. Isn't that great? A lot of good ideas coming in there. Right. Yeah. You always wake up so inspired. You're like, I need to get off this couch. <laughs> Literally get off the couch. 
Yeah. Uh, were you working in New York or no? Uh, you know, I was doing the personal training thing. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it was, um, this is when I realized that I needed to become something. Something gr- bigger. Yeah, yeah, something bigger. Because I, not to put down personal training or anybody's job, but like nobody needs necessarily another personal trainer to influence the world or change the world. And I was going around making crazy good money, walking around Central Park with these wealthier women yeah. and getting them in shape. And I'd be like, 100 bucks an hour. Exactly. Whatever, I was yeah. like, run for 60 seconds, walk for 60 seconds, run for 60 seconds. Yeah. And I was like, what am I doing? You know, and look, I could have a great job right now. I could have yeah. a, you know, um, be all set up and save money for my family, put them through college, blah, 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 you know, going that path. But, um, I had that calling, as I said, mm. and um, I'm sure a lot of people have that, you know, that that's that moment in their life where they want to change things. Yeah. And it happened to me like, you know, it didn't happen during college it didn't happen during high school. It just happened this random moment. I don't know why. In New York. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, my family, I've got a lot of success stories in my family and, you know, it, it sucked sitting at the table and not ever having and money. Like, oh, exactly. I'm just a bro. Yeah. Drinking just, and just, yeah, exactly. partying. The youngest of them all, like, you know, chugging beer on the subways and blah, blah, blah. Nothing was going for me. Yeah. So I came back here and um, decided I would establish myself, um, get a little bit of personal training out here and start to take like, you know, take the charge towards being the best. Wow. Yeah. In personal training or back into the Spartan? Spartan race. So you're going to be working as a personal trainer and you started doing spin. Yeah. Spin instructing in a place called Yaz in Venice Beach. Uh And then I moved out to Malibu um, and taught at Malibu Fitness. Sorry about that. Yep. And um, yeah, just... I started, like, so that's how you're making money, but then making you're making like, a few bucks on the side. But then you were like, "I'm really training 100%. for Spartan Race." Yeah. Did you know you could make any money with Spartan Race at the time, or you're kind of like, "I just want to be the best"? Yeah, at I this. just want to be the best. You know, um, and the feeling was is like, you know, I have uh, embarrassing enough. I have a tattoo of Macho Man Randy Savage on my ribs right now. Let me see. I'll show you. I don't want to knock over your microphone, but he, he's got this finger up in the air. You see him doing uh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I just. I had that mentality, like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm walking in every time, and I'm like, I'm throwing down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. Oh, man. So, I just, like, you know what? It wasn't, it is, it was so back in the Stone Ages when I started getting into it. And, like, you know, nobody cared if you were the best mud runner type mm. guy. And... I didn't care. Like I was like, I, I'm gonna you make it happen. Yeah. I'm gonna make it happen. <laughs> but it wasn't big then. No. So I just started getting out there and um, started running around all these venues and like you know calling out the big guys and like you know there was this one guy named Hobie Call and he and I would just duke it out. We duked it out for like a whole year until I beat him. Like I'd be like a minute behind him. Shut up. Sixteen seconds behind. No him. way. Yeah. It was just like we. Was that so frustrating? Oh you see him just God, like twenty yards ahead of you. I went nuts, and I did everything I could. And, you know, eventually, uh, I got him. And, wow. um, how'd that feel when you finally got him? It was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> like that's right. I'm the best yeah, there ever was. <laughs> exactly. But you know, you know, I also, I, I wanted more and I dug deeper and more mm. people came in and, um, it started to get bigger and bigger, it started to get bigger and so bigger, more competition. Exactly. And you know, I'm the type of person who cannot do anything just a little bit. It has right, to be course. like a billion, a billion percent. Yeah, exactly. And like, I won't eat, I won't sleep. I will just work. Yeah. You and, you and Greenfield are very similar. Yeah. He's like all in to the hundredth degree. Yeah. But like ridiculousness like, only with paleo with though. Yeah. <laughs> Raw <laughs> crazy foods. Like, God, gross me out. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you beat your nemesis. I did, but now... Um, and these were different. This wasn't Spartan race. This was like every obstacle course Every race. obstacle course race. I, so anything I could get my hands tough on. Tough mudders. Yes. I mean, I, I haven't done a tough mudder yet. I'm oh, sorry. Really? No, but I'm going to world's toughest mudder in November. Wow. And it's going to be pretty pretty awesome. Wow. Okay. Have more on that later. So how many different races are out there that you've done or that what uh, are the main ones? There are five main ones like, you know, um, Tough Mudder, Tough Spartan. Mudder, Spartan Race, um, Warrior Dash, uh-huh, you know, and the uh, Savage Race. Uh, there used to be a one that was going really well called um, Superhero Scramble. Hmm. All, all a bunch of goofy names, but they have cash on the line. So it draws in like, you know, yeah. D1 athletes who are just like, you know, didn't have anything going for them. So they just run for gold now <laughs> exactly right yeah so it's just it's it's this new world and then Jeez. like you know this you how know, much cash can you win if you win a spartan race 
Um, the biggest ones I think are like, you know, world championships. I think this year is $60,000, um, average ones like, uh, 500 just because, you know, get some people out there. And then there's some like, you know, $2,000, $5,000. So nothing incredibly major just yet, but you know, that's the thing. It's this new sport and it just yeah. keeps on growing and sponsors keep on coming on it's and crazy. it's very excited to be like, you know, riding that tidal wave. But, sure. um, you know, I don't know where I am at this point. You know, I'm about to be in world championships. I got four weeks coming out and, um, you know, it's this pinnacle moment in my mm. life, but like, how'd you do it, at the last world championships? I took third and the same exact thing happened to me, which happened this last weekend. I rolled my ankle and it just like, you know, it's funny to like call yourself the king of the mud, but like, you know, I just, I'm at that weird position in my life right now where I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, like I'm being back in New York again. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? Exactly. I'm sitting here in LA right now and like I'm sitting in front of you and it's so exciting to be part of this opportunity. But, um, you know, I've been listening to all these incredible, inspiring people on your podcast mm. and it's just, you know, they, a lot of them come back to the same moment of like, you know, what is this you know, moment of greatness? And, mm. uh, am I there with this world championship event? Mm. You know, um, it took me a long time to get where I am right now. And uh, now I'm kind of at that next point in my life where I'm really? kind of soul searching. Really? Oh, so yeah. So you might be done with the Spartan race. No, not necessarily, stuff. but I definitely want to just expand upon what I'm doing. Uh -huh. It's crazy because, like, you know, you put so much time into something. Like, let's say if you go into the gym and you want to bench 225 pounds and you work at it for months and you yeah. slave over the idea of it. Then you get it. Yeah. And then what? Exactly. It's interesting. I don't know if you heard the episode with AJ uh, Roberts. But uh, did you hear that one? Uh -uh. The, the world, he became the. It took him ten years to become the world's strongest man. He yeah. broke a world record for three combined lifts. Yeah, which is the bench press, the deadlifts, and the squat. That's and incredible. I think he did like something like twenty five hundred pounds or something like with all three or yeah. three thousand pounds combined or something like it was an eight hundred fifty pound bench press. It's like holy crap! It's ridiculous weight. Yeah, like insane. And it took him 10 years to do this journey. He started as like a 150-pound dude when he started, and then he finished at 320 or something. He weighed 320? Yeah, when he broke the record. No. Yeah. It might have been 330 or something. I mean, oh to push that much mass, you got to have some mass. <laughs> yeah. um, and it took him 10 years of every day training at the world's greatest gym in Columbus, Ohio, actually, uh, with all the, the top bodybuilders train. And um, he said, like, he broke the record, and then he realized – it was time to retire. He was like, yeah. what's next? He's like, I'm at the peak. I could keep doing this for a while, but it was like, I've been doing it for 10 years. Now what's next? Yeah. Over the last two years, he's lost over a hundred pounds to try to become the fittest man in the world. CrossFit? Yeah. Oh God. Is he that big blonde guy? I think I read about that a while ago. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So he's, he's, he's kind of like giving up that. He's more like teaching CrossFitters how to do powerlifting now, mm -hmm. like the right way. Um, but he's still like shredded and like 250 or 240 and just like a machine. So yeah. he's kind of transitioned as well. Yeah. But it sounds like what's the, the soul searching for you, you know, leading to? What do you think you want to do? I think, you know, I just um, at a point in my life right now where I, like this is very exciting. Like, you know, I didn't mean to throw a curveball at you when I uh, made that comment. Um, where I'm at, I'm so appreciative to be here. So. The idea is, is how do I take, you know, the mentality of what I put in to get where I am right now and share it kind of just like the way you are on these podcasts. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of going to try to translate that to the people, you know, this macho man tattoo means much more than just an outline of a crazy wrestler. Sure. You know, it's, sure. you know, being able to walk into almost any situation and understand that if you want to command it, you can. Mm. And a lot of people allow themselves to be crippled by the situation they're in. You know, like, you know, a woman says it's New Year's and she's like, I really need to lose 30 pounds. These jeans look horrible on me. Sure. So like, you know, if you own your jeans and you tell your jeans, like, you know, I'm, I'm fitting in these things. I'm look fabulous in like 30 days. You can do it. Yeah. So, um, I'm at that point right now where I kind of just had this little injury and like, you know, I have to recreate the moment that I'm living right now mm. because I can't do it on the same path I just was on. Right. Exactly. Interesting. So, um, what do you think you want? I don't know. You know, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting. These days have completely, I just got flipped over on me. Like, you know, everything just kind of just like, it was the wave crashed over and now I'm in the whitewash. I got to get my head up and do a little bit of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I mean, the waves are pretty big right now. Exactly. Dude. That's, <laughs> Perfect that's timing. A, exactly. That's what made me think about that. But, um, 
you know, really, uh, I mean, what's the, what's the ultimate goal for you in the Spartan race world? Like is it to win the world championships? It's like, yes. you have this goal, this vision to be the best for how many more years? Oh yeah. Is it, will you not stop until you win a world championship until you get a certain amount of sponsorships? What's the goal for this at least? I will admit I had that selfish feeling of I wanted to have all the sponsorships. Sure. I wanted to have all the money. And I think a lot of people walk in like, you know, with that kind of feeling and, um, that has faded. Okay. Um, why, why? Well, you have to understand, um, money can only do so much, you right. know, at the end of, of the day, you know, when you know, I, I try to think uh, as I was coming here, like, what is my definition of greatness? And mm. I won't give it just yet, <laughs> but, um, you know, if you allow money to define you and, uh, the t-shirt you're wearing and the kind uh-huh. of company you're wearing to define you, I don't think that really makes the girlfriend you. you're with. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. And that, I think that is just like the, the momentary feeling of satisfaction mm. and I'm not there right now. So what, what I really, really like to accomplish is being able to accomplish winning an event like that and being able to tell the story of what it took to get and, there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and not necessarily just for myself now. Like I've been really thinking a lot in the past, uh, year or so about writing a book, you know, um, I'm going to give away the title don't steal it live hard, train hard, die happy. And, um, mm, yeah, exactly. Cool. Exactly. And I think it, it would be a fun experience for people to understand, you know, that's applicable to anything. That's yeah. going to be my next blog post. Live Is hard, it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Sorry>. No, <laughs> I got to call the copyright man. Right <laughs> that's really cool, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let me ask you a question. What if you never win the world championship? Then what? I think it'd be an even better book. Mm. You know, there's, um, how would you feel about it if you didn't win? Uh, you know, I think I would have, um, just think that I wasted some of my days, maybe not necessarily that I was doing the wrong thing, um, like doing the wrong sport or, you know, being in the wrong industry. Uh, it was more so like, could I have like not done squats on Tuesday, but focused Mm. on running? Like, you know, that would probably be the thing that would hurt me the most. I would try to dissect my Mm. life. You think you think you'd regret it if you don't win? No. No, I, I think, um, you know, I'm going to give myself many years at this. And, okay. uh, so you're not yeah. done after the next couple of years? No, 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 no. I'm going to have a blast. And how old are you right now? 25. So you got a lot of... Hell yeah. You're not even hit your prime yet. I mean, I just got 28, beat... 28, 29. I just got like, beat by a guy who's 40 this weekend. What? Yeah. And how long was the race? Hour and 48 minutes, and he finished an hour and 47. How 30, many miles is that? It was just, I think, about eight. He's 40? Yeah. But like that's like, you know Meb who just won the Boston Marathon. These yeah. guys are like thirty eight years old. They've been putting in this the years of training and the experience. They know exactly what to do, when to do it. They've got like it's like playing chess. It is. Yeah. And your body is not even fully developed. No. Like when you're twenty nine, thirty, that's like peak. really the peak. Yeah. I think. And I, maybe for these obstacle races, maybe it's thirty five, forty. It sounds like I don't know. Well, I mean, the guy I was just telling you I was chasing before Hobie Call. Um, you know he's. 36 right now. Wow. And these guys are all just rock stars. I think they're, you know, their, their bodies just have just been, they're suffer soldiers. They've just experienced so much of just pain. Going, exactly. <laughs> and they know it. They can read almost everything. Like they can read me. They can read the course. And they, they know themselves. And they know how to push through when their mind is telling them not to. They can be like, I'm going to live. Yeah. And it's just a matter of feeling the pain. Just like, it's because they've been there so many times. Yeah, they know how to do it's it. It's a, yeah. you know, Last year, World Championships, I had never done anything over uh, two hours in my entire life. Wow. And the race took me three hours and 45 minutes. I was oh blindsided by like that 201 minute. Like, I just was like, oh, oh. my gosh, <laughs> what have I done? Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's just the experience of doing 10 of those where you're a three hour races and you get the experience. Yeah. It's incredible. Jeez, man. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to downtime. That's the main thing I'm really excited about. You said, you know, what's up next? Uh, November and December, steak and beer. <laughs> yeah. Steak and beer. <laughs> yeah, steak and beer. Uh, so what did you get at last World Championships, you said? Third. Third. Okay. Third. And do you win any money or? Yeah, you do win money. Um, I think it was bucks, yeah, $5,000 last year. But, uh, you know, that um, obviously turns over into sponsorship money and things sure, like sure. that. You know, I had a pretty cool um, fall. Like, you know, I was on three magazine covers. Everything sure. kind of came so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. After... 
the world championships. Yeah, kind of the, like, everything kind of develops like you know months down sure, the line, sure. but like you know the fame from that and all that stuff just kind of pushed up and over. And the fame of Spartan Race blowing up. Oh, yeah. Like who are the the main people in it and what are they doing? And, exactly. And NBC is all over this thing right now. We have wow. uh, seven episodes, and you know that really. Yeah, exactly. Doing so, what? Featuring individuals. Featuring and, individuals and um, races like the race that I was just at in Virginia was just featured. Um, wow. New York. Uh, a couple months back, Virginia, like all these crazy places. Vermont's going to be featured. And, and they're uh, interviewing you a lot of them? or Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they'll sit me down just like this, That's and cool. uh, we'll talk about it. Like, what have you been doing out in Colorado, Hunter? We haven't sure. seen you in two months. Like, tell me the nitty-gritty. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it's fun. You know, it's like kind of like a docudrama. Yeah, like yeah. They fill you in about the, the athletes, That's the lifestyle. Cool. You know, they kind of film the mom and pop gym sure exactly interesting man yeah now Reebok's your main sponsor is that right yes and they're the main sponsor for Spartan Race as well yeah I'm very spoiled to be working with them they're really they treat company. you pretty well they treat me really well and I think the thing about uh, Reebok is is they don't want to go after um, the Lance Armstrongs yeah. and the you know Peyton Mannings they want to come back to the kind of homestyle fitness yeah. you know things that everyone can kind of get into and they respect more so of an athlete like me. And um, they really will bring me around, they'll fly me out and have me look at gear and stuff. Really? So, yeah. See what I, works. And- exactly. We've been on the development stage and it's incredible. I mean, Reebok has really changed their brand. They uh, have away done from, a great job. Yeah. Especially what started with CrossFit. I mm-hmm. mean, they really capitalized on getting in on that early. But it's crazy. I mean, they've taken over an entire population with, cro- with like these extreme kind of like workout type athletes right yeah but you, you gotta love it i mean it's also you know they look good they look they good, look yeah. good you know reebok uh, I'm, I'm not to knock my sponsor by any means but they i feel like they just kind of got hit by a truck and fell apart for a couple of years oh, you of know course they, they did. that yeah. was that truck couple being years. nike like 10 20 yeah, exactly. years <laughs> yeah and um these major brands came in and you know they you just never heard about them yeah yeah so and I, now they're like exactly back on the scene and i'm pumped you know to be the face of something like yeah, that. yeah it's really cool yeah interesting and there's you know a couple of interesting sponsors that i work with um and you know that's also an, a very unique experience being able to market brands and uh kind of grow as like you know as you have your sponsors and things mm-hmm. like that they develop products around you yeah. and your sport and because yeah. our sport is so new and unique you know, I get to really have a lot of input on their products That's as well. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Now you can make full-time, you have full-time pay from these sponsors? Yes. You don't have to work, you can just train? Um, yeah, I mean, I do like, uh, you know, I work with SoulCycle. Um, I really do, I have a lot of passion for being on the bike. It's just sure. an incredible experience. But yes, I have a full-time um, job with this sport and uh, That's great nice. sport. Yeah. That's got a, how many people can have a full-time pay as a... I'd say there's probably Five. like two or three at <laughs> yeah. this point. Um, yeah. You know, if people, it's growing enough that people, you Eventually know, you'll see a more. dozen by the next two years of just like rock stars. Sure. Yeah. You're pretty close with all the other top athletes. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, that's, that's the cool thing about our sport as well. I call my enemies every day. Really? They're not my enemies. Like, you know, the guy who just beat me, I talked to him. He's like, dude, you want to come out and stay with me in Alaska <laughs> for a couple of weeks? I was Cause like, you got to oh, train and hang out. Yeah. yeah. We're just bros. That's yeah. cool. And, um, you know, that's, that's the cool thing. And also the people of the sport, I get contacted by random people all the time Sure, and I can talk to them about random part of the course. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. they experience than I experience. That's cool. Yeah. It's definitely, like, I'm going to have to do this now. I'm going to have to try one, you know, a short one. Stadium race, stadium, stadium race. race. I tell everybody stadium race, you're not going to get too dirty and, uh, <laughs> you're going to experience like, you know, all the crazy monkey bars, ropes, really? things like that. And it's not too long. Huh. Yeah. And if that's just a little taste. And then I can go do like the mountains oh, or yeah. the woods or yeah. something. And then you got to come to world championships and get really That's sucker Vermont, punched. right? Oh, yeah. How long is that going to take to finish? Um, <laughs> we have this crazy race director named Norm Kosh, and he is so dangerous. I mean, he will take <laughs> anything and turn it into just like, you know, the pits of hell. And Jeez. he'll take a mountain that is uh, Mount Killington. Yeah. And, Which uh, I snowboarded on. Yeah, and yeah, beautiful place to snowboard, but not to go up and down with a sandbag on your back. <laughs> and it'll probably be about almost five hours this time. Oh, my God. Exactly. He wants to make it longer. He can't Miserable. add more miles, but he can make it harder with the obstacles. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah, I'll stick to like a five-miler. Yeah, I think you know I'm just going to bring like a bag of bacon with me. Last year, oh. I think my biggest, my biggest problem was nutrition. Not yeah. enough food. Yeah, you're, you're just exhausted. Need exactly. I want to have that kind of crunchy, nice feeling of bacon with me this time. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be cold, though. Oh, right? Nothing, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I can make it work. Okay, so you got the World Championships coming up. That's in Vermont, yes. right? 
but September, September 20th, September 20th. Yep. Uh, is it going to be streamed live online? Is there a place we can watch it? Is it- you'll be able to see it uh, delayed on NBC about two weeks afterwards. And I think there will be some version of live streaming. Okay. Uh, I don't know the media source though. Where should, are you going to be posting your training and stuff on Instagram and Twitter? And what's your main social media? Um, you can follow me at my athlete pages, Hunter McIntyre, um, on Facebook. Sh- yeah. Facebook, um, hunt the sheriff on, tw- uh, what am I saying? Hunt the sheriff on Instagram. And we have a really cool podcast, uh, called obstacle dominator. And we I like have, that name. yeah, With right. You and Ben, right. Feels macho. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Ben's a great guy. Really fun. Ben Greenfield. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's got, uh, another show podcast. That's part of the integrity network. That's the podcast network that I have. But I think it's just called the Ben Greenfield show. Yeah. I mean, the guy's brilliant. He's really good. Yeah. yeah. I'm lucky to have someone like that on my side. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Now, did he reach out to you about doing a show or? We ended up bumping into each other in Temecula at, at a, a race. race. Yeah. Huh? And I was just like, dude, I, you know, I really respect what you do. And I, um, I really want to, you know, do a couple projects coming up. And he's like, dude, funny thing is I want to do some projects. And I was like, we kind of, I bro, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> so, um, from there we kind of just kicked it off and that was about six months ago and we've got, it'll be a ninth episode on Sunday coming out. Nice man. Yeah. And, uh, it's getting a lot of traction. Cool. I think we got like, I don't know how many thousand subscribers, but it's like, it's just a stupid number, but it's, it's big. It's great. It's exciting for me. Like yeah. to think that all these people, I get hit up by random people. Like, you know, it's so funny to meet you in person. Like I listen to you all the time. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's a really fun feeling. And the same exact feeling I had <laughs> when I met you, I was like, no way. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, that's something that has been really fun developing in the sport and yeah. having that um, that opinion on the sport and being able to share with the people because uh-huh. otherwise it's just me in a garage gym just pumping yeah. iron all day long. But now sure. I get to talk about all the fun parts. That's about cool, it. man. Are there any other obstacle race show podcasts? Um, there's obstacle racing media, but it's like, eh. mm. yeah, it doesn't have that much. Wah, wah. No, it's not, not too exciting. It's not like the two guys who are doing it in the yeah, trenches. Exactly. And has Ben any good at him? I know he's ben, like a, a fitness freak, ben, but Ben fires down, you know, he's a tough dude. He'll get like a couple top tens. Um, really? yeah, the Spartan race. Exactly. Yeah. He's a very fit he's a person. triathlete, like yeah. hardcore triathlete, right? Yeah. He's always doing crazy workouts. He was yeah. just down here in San Diego, um, at the seal fit training camp. I think I saw something like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's just getting the crap That's beaten at him. I did it, uh, last March. You Not did. Just two marches ago. Crazy, huh? Oh my gosh. You actually went to the, you actually qualified for the navy navy or something yeah or? i did uh, i mean like i was supposed to go into the navy you know as i said i had that really rough past uh, um i've been arrested a bunch of times and like yeah. my, my recruiter was like just lie about everything shut <laughs> up exactly. we'll take you <laughs> exactly so get, you got accepted and then what happened you didn't get uh, sworn in for two days and then i got called and i got rolled out and uh, i was on the way to being a navy seal but um you know i had to obviously go through buds and all that stuff but um yeah, they just booted me out of the Navy. They didn't want They, didn't they booted want me. you out because they found out about your past. Yeah, all my arrest records and things <laughs> like that. So it was sad. It was a sad story. Were you bummed or were you kind of like relieved? No, I was incredibly bummed. Like I oh. think, you know, honestly, to be part of such an elite tribe. Yeah. Yeah, just it's a very awesome feeling. It's an honor probably, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're doing that in your own way. Yeah. Without having to give up your life. Well, you know, I think um, something that I have really enjoyed the most is just like that kind of bro life. Yeah. And it's that kind of tribe life of just being with all your, your buddies and progressing as a pack. Yeah. Like, tight. You're <laughs> like, doing yeah. crazy stuff and conquering <laughs> the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's my little life in a nutshell. But, that's um, cool, man. Yeah. Well, I want to have you come back on sometime, maybe after the world championships or oh, yeah. maybe like mid next year when you're on the next adventure. Or oh yeah. I'll something like it. that. I'll fill you in. And, um, what is a good website? Is there a website for you specifically? Hunter McIntyre? Or, um, my website's actually being developed right now. So, so I can just go to Facebook. And yeah. You Instagram can just find me anywhere. If anybody wants to chat, dude, I'm a big Facebook guy. If you just uh, want to hang out, have a bro good out. Time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bro chat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So just hit me up. I mean, this has been an incredible experience, and I know we're both in L.A., so uh, yeah, we're going to become we'll best of friends now. Yeah, we'll hang, bro. Exactly. Bro. Um, last two questions, then. What are you most grateful for recently? What I'm most grateful for is um, an understanding of the people who surround me. Mm-hmm. Um, being an athlete, uh, you either have to be incredibly selfish 
or just incredibly dumb. Um, not, not to say like, you know, dumb meaning that you can't, you can't even see people outside of yourself. The selfish side is meaning that people who want to be the best and most elite people in the world really kind of just cast out everything else around them. And the dumb thing meaning is like, if you just can't even see those people, because I've had to step on a lot of toes and make a lot of people cry to get where I am right now. (laughs) And I don't mean that in the wrong way, but like, you know, I I don't get, I don't ever go home and see my family. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, you know, I've had girlfriends that just are like, just curse me out. They're like, what is wrong with you? Why are you so focused? Exactly. So, you know, I've really started to soak up the, the, the phone calls with the family, spending time with my Mm -hmm. friends, things like that. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a great feeling to have those people at the end of the day. Yeah, of course. Because at the end of the day, why are we doing everything? Yeah. What are we so driven for? Exactly. If we're not sharing it with people we care about. Exactly. 365 days. I mean, how many days in a year? Like 364 days in a year, I am spending it with my friends, my family, everything like that. And then I put it all on one day, like for the Olympics or this yeah. race and things like that. It's silly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're wasting your time. Now, if you were, because Joe, I think, mentioned on the podcast that I'm trying to make this Spartan race an Olympic sport. Is that right? Yes. What would that be like? If, um, if it becomes an Olympic sport, would you? I think I'd be want be more on the more administrative side. You wouldn't want to be an athlete. I think it just could become a. I I don't know. You wouldn't want to be on the American team, and I think I really want to, but that that, that sounds pretty crazy. I think it just would be get uh, just be so much pressure. Yeah, but to go to the Olympics, man. All right, fine, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely go. What am I saying? Yeah, right. I definitely would like to you can compete help and train. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, that's probably decades away. You think so? Yeah. yeah. Ten years at least. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Final question. Yeah. Uh, what's your definition of greatness? Uh, definition of greatness would probably have to be just being um, satisfied with silence and what you have at the end of the day. Because if I was like Napoleon and trying to conquer all the time for greatness, I think I would be swallowed up by it. And I've, I've been that person for a long time. And feeling great and about what you just have in the moment, mm-hmm. that's a pretty satisfying feeling. It is. Right? It is for exactly. sure. Exactly. Put away all the cell phones, everything yes. like that, and just like have what you have. I like it. Yeah. Hunter McIntyre. Thanks, brother. Uh, check him out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'll have all the links on the show notes, but I appreciate you for coming on, man, and being so Dude, real. I appreciate you, man. This is yeah. awesome. It's been a blast. Yeah, of course. And there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please go ahead over at the show notes at lewishouse.com slash 90 and share this with your friends over on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, if you've got some other friends that you think would be up for the Spartan race or the obstacle race challenges, then have them take a look at this episode and see what it's all about. I think they would enjoy it. Also, if you have uh, not left a review yet over on iTunes, please go ahead and leave one of those right now. If you're on your phone, you can just click on the podcast school of greatness and then click on their reviews and let me know what you think. Leave some feedback. would love to hear your feedback on the show. And by reviewing, that's also going to help promote the show and uh, support the rankings on iTunes. So that would be a big help if you do like the show. Uh, with that, guys, you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.